to this episode of the Lehigh Valley with Love podcast. I'm your co-host for today. Uh, Our other co-host, Abby Stout, will be introing this podcast and taking it from there. But I had a couple notes. We want to make sure that you visit thevelodrome.com for more information on USA Cycling Nationals that are taking place July 27th through July 31st at the Velodrome in Brininsville. We were so lucky to get to record this episode on site with 22-time national champion who probably wins some more this weekend, Manny Marquardt. Uh, We want you guys to go out and support her and the other athletes that are participating in nationals. And thank you to our sponsors made possible in the Lehigh Valley. The Lehigh Valley is rich with possibilities, a proud heritage and bright future that has long attracted makers, innovators, and those with great vision. Everything you need to create the life you want on your terms, vibrant downtowns, charming main streets with surprises around every corner, and lots of open places to explore, live, work, learn, play, discover all that's made possible in the Lehigh Valley at lehighvalleymadepossible.com. Also, Molly's Irish Grill and Sports Pub, of course, and Michael Bernadin with Remax. Find Mike and you're going to find your next dream home. And now I'm going to turn it over to our summer intern from Bloomsburg University, Abby Stout. Hi, and welcome to this episode of the Lehigh Valley with Love podcast. I'm Abby Stout. I'm co-host on this episode and Lehigh Valley with Love intern. This episode is super exciting because we got to record on site at the Valley Preferred Cycling Center in Brenningsville with 22 times national champion Manny Mercart. I hope you enjoy. Okay, so we're here at the Valley Preferred Cycling Center in Brinningsville. It's beautiful. Thank you so much for um, Mandy for coming on and being with us today. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? I wanted to start out. The first thing Abby and I both noticed when we came here was the motorcycle. Is that a regular type training that you guys do? Yeah, George, it's awesome to be here to have a facility outside here in Brininsville. We call it T-Town actually, but um, the motorcycle is can be used for a variety of purposes. Training, for training I use it as a sprint track cyclist um, to bring me up to speed and then drop me off. And then from there I, I do my effort. So it, it kind of helps be like a little bit of a aerodynamic uh, shield um, to help me, you know, get up to speed. And I bet that's one of the best jobs here. <laughs> it's so I much fun. <laughs> my coach will just, after like we do an effort, he'll just go around and take a quick lap. But in racing, we have uh, Kieran, and that's where the motor uh, does uh, three laps and then pulls off, and then um, it's just pretty much a drag race. First person across the line wins. So it brings you up to speed. So that's pretty much what the motor does. And, and we'll get more in it. We, we have some, a couple more training questions in a bit. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to start out with my first question, first question was, how did you get into cycling at all? Or what was your first memory of like a bicycle? How did you think, wow, this is something that I really enjoy and I'm going to continue to do? Well, I grew up um, in Florida. So I was born in Germany and I moved to Florida and I was about six, seven years old. My dad's German, my mom's American, so she's originally from Florida. And they just wanted me to be active and get outside instead of sitting at home watching TV. So they got me into swimming and tennis and I was doing that. And I really wanted to be a professional tennis player, but at a really young age, I had a stress fracture in my foot and kind of just led me to like running before school with my dad and doing 5Ks and um, already I was swimming so it just right. kind of made sense to, to do triathlons possibly and I was like this sounds well, How old cool. were you at this point? You're like, I was 10. Okay, what? Yeah, I was... <laughs> no, I mean, that, so you must have a, a supportive family who's 
who's athletic and, and into that world. Very, yeah. yeah. My dad would wake up before school with me and go run, and I would see teachers also before school. And so I was just kind of, yeah, always known as this athlete. Um, I just thought it was just, I don't know, it's, it's, it brought me a lot of happiness and um, gave me structure at a really young age. Yeah, I was curious about like going from like regular biking, how do you get into like the, the speed and like the sprinting? Because like it feels like you really need the specialized yeah. track to get into it. Well, so when I stopped um, playing tennis and everything, I found, you know, my parents found the velodrome, which was in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and 15 minutes from her home, which is the only velodrome in Florida. And it was just a safe place first for me to learn how to ride competitively. And then I learned from there, um, you know, I started joining group rides and really just making it kind of something that I really wanted to focus on, even though I still did triathlons. But I did endurance cycling for a really long time. So the track um, is both endurance and sprint, but it wasn't until probably 2013 that I focused on track sprint cycling specifically. It, there's a lot more um, power development, explosive development that goes into it versus sure. doing really long rides. And just my body type favored that more. Um, so yeah, it's, I've had a pretty successful career so far. There's still a lot um, that I want to accomplish and do. But um, yeah, I think it's fun to be able to go really fast instead of riding um, my bike for four or five hours. I mean, that, that favors some people, but yeah, I just like how awesome to be able to, to race here in the summer. I mean, it's a lot like long distance running, and we know that at the 100 meter dash, you know, kind of, is that a little yeah. bit of a, I mean, I know it's not a perfect um, analogy, but kind of, you know, you have the longer distance and then the shorter ones, so it's a little bit more, faster twitch yeah exactly so I, I let people know it's kind of similar to track and field like we're the sprinters you know we we train just as hard um, even though our races are really short but yeah exactly so a lot of my training is on the velodrome in the gym um, I work with st. Luke's too yep. so it's just gonna have that community that support um, to be able to this is my home and then to compete outside in like LA and then also outside the country yeah well how how early on then did you know that you wanted to start training for the Olympics? It wasn't really um, a focus of mine when I was younger. It was just kind of getting getting to compete and travel. Like mm -hmm. I always thought the bike was super cool because I could just ride away and no one could talk to me and tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> like when I used to play tennis, it just felt like everybody was just always watching you. Oh, or, But I just, I love the bike. I got to see the world really young, um, got to travel. So when I was 16, I moved back to Germany to live with my father and that's where I was diagnosed uh, with type 1 diabetes and that's kind of where my whole world kind of changed and I didn't, I wasn't sprinting then but um, yeah, I, I mean I didn't really know that I wanted the Olympics to be a goal. I just kind of really enjoyed racing and competing at, a, at an international level but I didn't really know how to get to the Olympics and it wasn't until like coming here and going to school that I really started to see it be more of a vision. In terms of Lehigh Valley, I mean, you're talking about traveling the world, uh, being in Florida to, to be on your first uh, village drum. How do you wind up in the Lehigh Valley? How do you wind up in T-Town? Yeah, so when I was younger, I'd, I'd always come up here to race. I actually raced 
um, here when I was about 11 years old. And then I also, when I was 16, I did nationals that was here. And then when I was in Florida, because when I, after my diagnosis, I was like, oh, I want to go back to Florida. I want to go finish my last year of high school. And then I was kind of figuring out what was next. I didn't want to go to high school in Florida and see the same people. <laughs> and I just, I wanted to be in, a, in an environment um, that really had a, a good cycling community. And so I was between like Boulder, um, you know, Colorado or here. And uh, yeah, I just found here to be a great fit with Penn State Lehigh Valley. And uh, I lived at the Autumn Park Apartments right, right here on my own, like 18. I just, yeah, I just wow. kind of got really independent. And uh, I've always just been pretty independent since I was young. But my parents were just really supportive. You know, there are people from the Lehigh Valley. We were discussing this, Abby and I, before uh, we started. There are people in the Lehigh Valley who don't realize how big of a deal having a velodrome is or, or how rare, I guess, they are. Can you talk about that a little bit? Like, how special is this place? It's very special to have a velodrome here. Um, you know, this brings in riders from around the world. We just had Olympic champions, world champions. We just had a really big month of racing here in June. We're very fortunate that Bob Rodale, Saul Vision, and people in the community are continuing to, you know, to maintain this facility. It's really important. Um, this is where I train when it's not snowing. Um, and this is just, it's a, just a great feeling to have somewhere safe to ride and get in really good training but also it just brings in a sense of community for young kids too learning how to ride and be competitive and i think that's that's where it begins a lot of the the community programs and teaching kids bike safety confidence on a bike i wish more velodromes did exist i, I feel like one day an indoor velodrome could exist here and could bring in even more international racing mm -hmm. in the fall and winter months because i think we're definitely known as the bicycle capital racing of the world and um it's Wild, so cool, right? Yeah, yeah, and, and, and it's still—it's it's almost and there's still room to grow. There is, and that's why I say it's a shame when there's some people who don't know about it. But when they see it, they're like, "This is—it's amazing." And people it's, can come ride yeah. really whenever. Just look on the velodrome calendar. Um, just obviously, there's motor pace sessions where this is a closed session, but on like Sundays or like really early in the mornings or something. Just there's times where people can just kind of ride around if they want. Um, on in their you know own own discretion. So how did you how did you get involved with Team uh, Neurodisc? So in 2010, so a couple years after my diagnosis, I was kind of lost. I didn't know. And I'm sorry because we didn't say it was diagnosis of diabetes type one. Yeah, I have type one diabetes. Okay. So I was diagnosed with type one diabetes at age 16. Kind of moved back to Florida. Wanted to figure things out aside from school. Okay, what was my cycling career going to be? And I also just knew that. It would bring me up here, but what can I do? What 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 more can I do with school and racing? And so Team Nova Nordisk gave me that outlet and opportunity to also race criteriums all over the states. Um, we got to travel from Tulsa, Oklahoma to Wisconsin. So it was just cool to be part of a a team. Everybody who has type one diabetes yes, was every, racing together. Right, and everyone everyone on your team yes. has type one diabetes. Yeah, so we're. Our mission this year is driving change, so we're not only inspiring people affected by diabetes, but also to live a healthy, active lifestyle because that's really important to us too, to be able to manage our diabetes and, you know, exercise is a big component of that. And so, yeah, we're all living with type 1 diabetes and our mission is to inspire, educate, and empower everyone affected by diabetes. And I would imagine too, like the advocacy part of that as well is, is is great, you know, you being yeah. able to, you know, bring more of that awareness when you're out as well. Yeah, I, I was able to, at 
early on my diagnosis, go to schools and hospitals and share my story, which was really nerve-wracking because it was just around my diagnosis and I would just cry and, and leave because it was really overwhelming, um, just because it was like just a fresh wound still. But I, I've over time learned how important it is just to share your story and talk about it because you could see kids light up and you know they're always saying that they would be hiding um, their devices. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, I always say, you know, use it as kind of this motivation, this outlet to, to inspire and educate people as well, because you have a platform, you have a voice, and that's where it kind of starts with, is that stigma, ending that stigma that diabetes isn't cool. Um, yes, there's type one and type two. No, there's no one better than the other. It's just, there's education behind it. And with type one, my pancreas does not function. So it's kind of one of those things that I have to take responsibility of at a really young age and seeing young kids do that with their gadgets and and yeah snacks <laughs> like it's just it's a cool outlet to be able to, to talk about you know and going through something it gives you a lot of confidence um and just discipline in a lot of areas you've done a lot of races which one has been like your favorite event so far that you've raced in oh i really love all the races here because <laughs> it's like right at home but really just because it brings in such a big crowd and yeah. Every year so far, um, they've done a season opener, which would, would have like fireworks and everything. But it's a whole month of UCI racing that we just finished here, which means that we all are competing for international points that qualify us for World Cups and World Championships. And so those are really important. Um, it's great to have that international competition from New Zealand and Australia, um, Jamaica, like all these different countries come here and we're battling for points. And so this is probably my favorite place. <laughs> and do you have a specific track event that you enjoy? Right, because I know that there's different, like just like the hundred meter, two hundred meter sprints. And right. all that. Are there maybe one or two that you really enjoy? Yeah. So there are four sprint events, okay. and there are th one of um, so three of them are Olympic events. So one of them is an Olympic event. They just they have them at World Championships, national events, but. Um, there's there's the sprint that I really like. It's a 200 meter qualification. So you ride on um, on the rail here and you wind up in the 200 meter time starts where that cone is and then ends at the finish line. So it's kind of like that 200 meter dash, but then from there you're racing one on one against people. So your qualification time is really important because if you qualify really high, then you have easier sprint rounds. You know, you bracket through kind of like March Madness. Gotcha. Um, so those are fun because it's very tactical. Uh, and is there, you travel all over. Where are some other velodromes besides Florida? Texas, I would imagine. In the States, yeah. yeah. So the active velodromes, really, there's only a few wow. active velodromes in Washington, in uh, Los Angeles, California and Florida a little bit, um, and up here really. So Rock Hill, uh, South Carolina, but there's not as many active velodromes. Right, which again, is, is a shame. I know, it's we only have one indoor facility in the United States, where oh, if you wow. go to Australia, Great Britain, other countries, they have maybe four or five velodromes in every one of their state territories. Why, why is it? Because um, cycling is really popular in the United yeah. States. Is it just that the velodrome type isn't becoming or hasn't become that because I know you know there's a lot of long distance cyclists and we were talking your pair your uh, family is really into cycling yeah so what do you think I don't know I think it's ex exposure sure. really so people come here they love it and they get to ride 
but there's also more. There's an indoor velodrome, and, and that that's important because you can ride year-round. But it also takes a lot of funding to maintain the velodrome, build the velodrome. So they've had some success in trying to pull some investors in in the tri-state area. Mm -hmm. um, but unfortunately, that nothing has come through. Um, I know back a couple years ago, Mayor Nutter was trying to make something happen in Philly. I'd love to see it happen someday. I think it's really important, even though they're in close proximity, you know, proximity to each yeah. other. I think this is a great place to learn how to ride the velodrome for young kids to race, to be outdoors, but also then to bring in international competi competition right here um, in the area or the tri-state area. We have, you know, Newark, everybody can fly into, but I, it just takes exposure. Yeah, I mean, I would like to have other places have them too, but not really. Like, I'd like to keep our, no, I mean, you know. Well, I'd, I'd rather have, have a couple and... more velodromes than warehouses, so. Well, I yeah. mean, we don't have to go down that line, but yeah, I, I would love to see more infrastructure for sports facilities and, and places where people can be in the winter and ride and really continue their development and just, or even just enjoy the sport. Um, so like stuff you've experienced in Lehigh Valley while living here, what's your favorite place to go? But I mean, besides the velodrome, <laughs> <laughs> we can't use that. Yeah. So I really love all the covered wood parks covered bridge parks. I think they're great. We have two dogs, my fiance and I, and we love going to the park. You know, when I'm not training and I'm actually pursuing my MBA right now, so I'm really busy, but when I'm not, to enjoy time with family and to be outside. Um, yeah, I mean, other than that, it's, it's eating, right? Like I love going to a lot of the good restaurants around here. Do you have a favorite one? I have a couple. I love Curious Goods in Germansville. Okay. Um, the Shelby, I just love yeah, to go to. Yeah. Um, it's, like, it's like a the ambiance there. It's just. Yeah, crazy. it's a really good vibe. Ashley Kimmett, uh, one of the owners, her husband is the owner, and yeah, she used to race here at the Veldrum, so it's okay. really cool. There you go. Um, yeah, so <laughs> it's it's that's really cool. It's small world, um, but also Tapas on Main, Oak. If any of those restaurants that I've named, you know, want to come out to the velodrome and <laughs> sponsor me with some food, I, I oh, we, can, we can pass <laughs> that along. I, I know Tapas a little bit. We I can, love Tapas. Yeah, we're, uh, we live in, uh, my wife and I live in Bethlehem and yeah. love all those restaurants. I just love the vibe because my fiance and I would travel to Philly to get like really good food back when we lived in the apartments here. But now with, you know, all the restaurants. Sure. Oh, and Savory Grill also one of the okay. best restaurants because they're just consistent. You can throw more out there and whatever, like, whichever one comes up and they'll, they'll hit you back. I have my list of restaurants that I like to hit up every couple of months. Just, yeah. Well, anybody would like, if anybody's working up an appetite in the Lehigh Valley, I would imagine it would be you. Yes. <laughs> anybody here. Yeah, I'm not riding. Besides that guy. Yeah, He's yeah. just riding around. <laughs> It still takes some work, sure, eating sure. some snacks. Maybe he'll grab a Honey Stinger. That's also a great partnership that I have is sure. Honey Stinger. So they're right here at Factory in Bethlehem. Um, they partly own Honey Stinger. So um, Rich Thompson is the CEO there and he's now, I believe, the CEO of Honey Stinger as well. So we're pretty lucky right here. Yeah, to have support like that is fantastic. Do you have anything coming up this summer that you're just really excited about? Yeah, a few things on and off the bike. So a couple events with St. Luke's. So I am a community ambassador for St. Luke's University Health Network here. Really grateful for their partnership and belief um, with doing things in the diabetes community together. And also uh, nationals we have coming up. And we hope to have a lot of people come cheer us on because we have the best here in the United States competing right here in T-Town. So hopefully we get what a good crowd. What are the dates crowd. for nationals? It's July 26th to August 1st. 
and um, I'm competing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. So unfortunately not Saturday, which is strange why we don't have a sprint event on Saturday, but um, I'm gonna yeah, what you, try you to- You know some people here. <laughs> I do, yeah. It's been on my to-do list to ask, can we bring in some really good racing on Saturday too? Can we move the schedule around? So yeah, just but the whole week, the schedule um, will be posted on the Velodrome website and Instagram. So. Um, also, I have my wedding coming up oh, okay. in school. That's kind of important as well. <laughs> yeah. And your MBA, you mentioned. And my MBA. And so, uh, also potentially the Pan American Championships. Uh, it's still a question mark if that counts toward the next, next Olympic qualification cycle, which uh, starts um, in 2023, but it, it, this Pan Ams might count, which is in Lima, Peru. So, I'm still waiting on details on that but definitely the world championship. So I have a lot of things coming up um, to get ready for the next Olympic cycle. Well, it's exciting. We're so, um, again, like it's so, thank you for taking time out of your super busy schedule to spend some time with us. Um, we're looking forward to nationals. We've got to get out here. We, it's just, I'm sure like under the lights out here too, must be amazing when there's like races going down to the wire. Uh, so it, it's really exciting to have this in the event. Yeah, it's great when people bang on the boards or stomp yeah, on the bleachers yeah. and lights are on. It's just it's such a great vibe and it's just something that I'll definitely miss someday in my career. But I'll always come out and support you know the velodrome and the riders. I think it's it's important that a crowd continues to show up just mm -hmm. because that really inspires us to go fast and to have that home crowd support is really important. Um, you know. The, we go to the we have alley iron pigs and some other yeah, community I was events. Gonna, you know what there was the one thing i was going cycling to is just as i was cool. there i we was there the here. throughout the pitch oh okay we were there that day and i'm like i was telling i'm like yeah. we just, we, i emailed her so <laughs> it was just yeah it was, it's a small large area at the lehigh valley it feels like it's you could be you know there's a million people give or take here but it does, you can meet, I could see you at Tapas on Main and be like, what, you were in the same place. And yeah. It's wild that way. Yeah, and exactly, there's food here as well. Speaking of food, you can, I never get away from it, but there's food <laughs> yeah. here. I the, know the Sticky Pig has, so their food truck. I think on Tuesdays they do food truck festivals here. So that's been really great. I know they, on Saturdays they do a farmer's market. So even not just cycling, there's a lot of other things that bring people here. And you know, the Rodale Park's right across the street. So it's, uh, it's great, I love, like I love it. I live only a couple miles away, and well, I spend so much time here. <laughs> well, no, thank you for like eating your way through the Lehigh Valley, but also for being, you know, somebody who's really a, a champion of it. And we're we're proud to have you here. Like it's and, and seriously, it's, it's awesome that we have somebody who's so decorated, loving, you know, the Lehigh Valley as much as we do. Thank you. So I appreciate it. Thank you for sharing my story and the positive message around diabetes and everything. I think. And where can people? To that point, where can people find out more information about you directly and your mission and Team Novo Nordisk? So um, I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, but really active on Instagram. Um, you can engage with me there. I also have my website. I actually have my own logo. Um, it's actually over there um, next to the T-Town sign. It says the uh, MM. See it. So yeah. it means we're greater than our highs and lows, kind of like a diabetes pun because um, our blood sugars can fluctuate. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's for me um, a way to kind of give back to the community and connect with people with diabetes worldwide. So I also have a little shop if people want us to go support that and um, just stay connected in what I'm doing is is just yeah throughout my social media and website all right well I think 
you say uh, on behalf of both of us, yeah. thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate it. And good luck with everything. We'll be sure in our podcast and anybody watching the video, please check out the notes and all the links are in there that uh, you just mentioned. And we appreciate it. And best of luck in everything that's coming up this thank summer you. and beyond. Thank you. We'll see you at the Velder Room. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Lehigh Valley with Love podcast. I wanted to thank again from all of us, Mandy, for taking the time out of her busy schedule to talk with us. If you're interested in checking out more about her, you can find more information and her socials at mandymarkhart.com. That's M-A-N-D-Y-M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T.com. Uh, until the next episode.